producers and creators are the sources of all value on the planet. MC Lobster, the host of the top-rated business and investing podcast Cashflow Ninja, is on a mission with Producers Wealth to help producers create, protect, and multiply their wealth outside of Wall Street in any economy by creating systems and processes that help them increase their production, provides them with liquidity, passive income generators, and opportunities for enormous growth. Learn more about their time-tested and proven systems at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Here is your host inside the dojo, MC Laubscher. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to look at how you can pitch your way to success. My guest in this episode is Michelle Weinstein. Michelle is a sales strategist, entrepreneur, and innovator. She has over 20 years of sales experience, selling everything from multi-million dollar homes to paleo meatballs. Her achievements include raising over $1 million for a lost company, landing contracts with major retailers such as Costco and the Vitamin Shop, and pitching her way onto ABC's Shark Tank. She is now the founder of The Pitch Queen, where she helps small business owners and entrepreneurs learn to love selling, make a bigger impact in the world, and skyrocket their top-line revenue. Are you an investor looking for passive cash flow but don't have the time to explore your options? Discover Real Estate. It's the best option for passive income that savvy investors have been turning to for years to generate income and build wealth. But the reality is real estate investing takes expertise, market knowledge, and time. So what do you do if you don't have the time or market knowledge? Discover how many business investors have found a way to generate cash flow from real estate investing. Their secret? They partner with proven private real estate investment funds. Four Peaks Capital Partners have created a system that allows accredited investors the opportunity to invest in undervalued assets to generate passive income and capital gains. Invest with the cash flow experts and sit back while Four Peaks does all the work. Call Four Peaks Capital Partners at 877-5-INCOME. That's 877-5-INCOME or go to privateincomeinvesting.com. An offer to buy or sell securities is only made by a private placement memorandum. Prospective investors must read the PPM in its entirety before making an investment decision. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners? Sure. Gosh, I don't even know where where you'd want to begin, but um, my background stems from, you know, out of college, I was a financial analyst. I got a degree in finance and I got what you call, I guess, the regular job. I don't know if anyone here has had a regular job or if everyone's an entrepreneur, but I started out in finance in a cubicle. I was going crazy. I couldn't deal with the cubicle anymore. And really wanted to focus, how could I use numbers and work with people? And I lived in Seattle out of college. And in Seattle, there's a retailer called Nordstrom, and it was their main flagship store. So I started really, you know, working and being around people. And I said, gosh, I'm just really good with numbers, and I'm really good with people. How do I, you know, how can I seek this alternative to this cubicle life that I was having? 
So I learned a ton about customer service. So Nordstrom is really, really big on customer service. And that's really what I think sparked this thing of sales for me, the sales process and really how to serve clients and be of service and, and really help people just and look what they, you know, what they were looking for. Um, I also was a really huge health and fitness fanatic and I still am today. And I started teaching my own boot camps. And I said, you know what, I think like this cubicle life just really isn't for me. So I, I quit after about three years as being an analyst and I got a job as a loan officer and that in the time in the U S here, it was a big boom of in the real estate and mortgages. And it was great for me because I was able to use my human people skills and my number skills and really saw um, an opportunity. And I think this is where like my inner entrepreneur really came into full force. So over the next few years after being, you know, out of my cubicle life, (laughs) I was in real estate and mortgages. I quit my job, my part-time gig at Nordstrom, even though I kept everything I learned about the customer service and really just, you know, said, how can I help more people in real estate and with mortgages and get to, you know, what they really love. But after a few years of that, I was just really bored. It was the same things over and over again, same sort of transactional experiences, but I had this really deep passion for health and fitness and I was really busy. And I don't know if any of you experience this, but eating healthy was not so easy and simple for me. It was not convenient. I lived in San Diego. There were tons of burrito shops on every single corner. And I said, you know what? I would love a personal chef in a package. <laughs> so, so I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but I started a food company. I had no experience in food, no experience in food manufacturing. However, I had a really deep passion for health and nutrition. And I said, you know, I believe that a lot of people's problems as it relates to their health can really be changed if we can help people change one meal at a time every single day. And so at the time, my company Fitzy Foods was born. And, you know, what I lacked in experience, because I did not have any experience in food, you know, I made up with (laughs) my persistence and really just having this driving desire to figure out how I can do this company. And I figured out a ton, but I, what I've learned is that you actually really want to start businesses that you know every facet of. And I had no idea what I was doing, but um, you know, we opened up a retail store. I got several contracts with local businesses. We got inside a company called The Vitamin Shop here in the U.S. They have over 800 retail stores. We did a 10-store test. I got into Costco, which is a really huge wholesale warehouse retailer, and I pitched on Shark Tank. So I had, I mean, it was like the literally last 10 years of my life. Um, I did not get a deal on Shark Tank, and I know you want to talk a little bit more about that. But I mean, I had several big wins. And, you know, I was able to get the company to a point where we were, but ultimately it had come to an end due to lack of funding. Uh, Three of my major competitors had closed and my company came to an end in March of 2017. And here I was at a crossroads again, like, okay, well, what am I going to do? But I looked at these failures as just a stepping stone into a new adventure. So I've realized that every successful person that I have met 
has many stories of failures to tell, but no one really shares it. So what if we actually like talked about the real stuff? And that's when I launched uh, my podcast, uh, Success Unfiltered, which was almost a year ago, and where we talk about real and raw stories of overcoming rejections and overcoming no's to get to our version of success. So myself and a lot of my guests, we share like intimate stories, raw, very vulnerable about failures and rejections and our setbacks to get to where we are today. Uh, So that's uh, a short version of my history and last year's when the pitch queen was born. And, you know, I really just kind of took my biggest failure, which led to really my why. And now my passion is really about helping entrepreneurs, business owners sell higher value services and also remembering their worth and embracing the sales process with confidence. Because as entrepreneurs, we've signed up for 24-7 sales careers. And I think a lot of us sometimes forget that. And You know, I'm living proof that if you stay in the game, success is inevitable. And, um, you know, I love what I do every single day and I get to talk to awesome people like you. No, fantastic. And you do touch on a lot of things. And, you know, it's so true that um, there's a lot of, I don't know what to describe it as, but there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff out there and it's so true to what you said. It's, it's, it's just the good news, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's all the success, but not a lot of folks share, uh, what goes on behind the scenes and the struggles to get there yeah. and the challenges. And I mean, if you're going to jump into the business world and entrepreneurship and investing, you're going to end up with a couple of, of bruises and, and a couple of hard lessons. Yeah. Exactly. So we talk about all of that. Um, You know, I've interviewed people like some of the big food friends that I have, like Justin's from Justin's Peanut Butter, other brands that you see all over the world to um, Mel Robbins. She's got a book called The Five Second Rule. I mean, that I mean, it just to hear these authentic stories that you never hear about and you just think, oh, they're these people are just so successful and so awesome. It's like, no, actually, they were all where we were at one point. And, um, you know, realizing that every single, whatever you deem as the definition of success, a lot of those people have a lot of stories on failures and struggles and challenges that they overcame, but you can learn a lot. So you don't have to make the same mistakes. (laughs) That's, uh, that was going to be my next comment because that's why I love, uh, autobiographies and, and, uh, and enjoying the conversation about mistakes and lessons. And there's a couple of things that you touched on, uh, something that you are passionate about the, the fitness industry and being healthy and eating healthy. And then you made a commitment, which that's where it starts that make a decision and commitment. And then you figured out the rest and, and you were able to build that, that business. What were some of the, the lessons in, in managing and, and growing and scaling the business um, that you took away that you can apply in your new ventures and in uh, the new bu- businesses that you, if, that you would start in the future? You know, I would say um, the number one lesson, well, there's a couple actually, One of the lessons would be if you're, you know, I had to raise money. I had to get investors and that's really how we grew the business, be it from investors, from, you know, credit investors, friends and family with the vitamin shop. I mean, they invested over a million on that project, but always be careful of who you take money from. Um, You know, I've done a lot of these podcast interviews with some other entrepreneurs and 
I would say the biggest takeaway is, is that not all good money or all, not all money is good money. And when you're, when you're talking to investors, you really want to also interview the people that they invested in. So if you're talking to an individual, for example, ask them who they invested in, which companies ask for some referrals or just reach out to the entrepreneurs on your own and ask, how was that investor? How were they during the good times? How are they during the bad times? And if the company didn't work out or it was a failure, how did that investor deal with that failure? Because that's one of the mistakes that I didn't. I mean, I didn't, I didn't start my company thinking I would have had a failure under my belt. That was never the intention. And to be honest, some of the investors, it didn't work out so well at the end. You know, they weren't happy, which I mean, no one was happy, but an investor, a real investor, someone who really is a, an accredited angel, VC, investor, it doesn't matter. I mean, they typically invest in 10 companies and know that nine out of 10 are not going to make it. That's the type of thing that you really want to think about if you've got a business where you are raising money. In my current business, I am not raising money, but if I were to have done it over, that is the number one thing I would do. Um, <laughs> no, that's so true because as you, as you mentioned, you have to be aligned and everyone has to understand exactly uh, what the investment is and uh, what the expectations are. Because as you mentioned, some money might have more strings attached than Pinocchio had before he became a <laughs> Exactly. But also it's like you never, it's almost like a divorce. You need to interview the investors and I've never been married or divorced, but I can, I've hear, heard it from enough people. You need to prepare for the divorce. Even if you sell this company, I did it's, or sell your company. I did an interview with John Carter. So if you guys want to go success unfiltered, go listen to that. If you deal with investors, it was great. He actually, he had an investor get so greedy when he actually sold one of his first companies that this investor was demanding more uh, percentage of the company. So, I mean, even if something goes wildly successful, people go a little cuckoo. So you need to be prepared for even like the real successes and the real failures and how these people are going to react. And the best way to do that, which I did not do, is find out where these other people have invested their money in and be ready to have those honest conversations with other entrepreneurs about, you know, the divorce or the successes and how these people reacted because some of them can cause some complete chaos. And I've dealt with it personally, and you know I would I would hate for any of you to deal with that. And it's one mistake that I made um, on the employee side. Huh, you know, it, it's one of the toughest things. I mean, I had a staff of over twenty five people at one point. I had a retail store. I had people in a kitchen. We were manufacturing our own food. We had a co packer, so managing third party manufacturing. You know, the employee side is the the biggest struggle. Um, and I would say that, you know, I, I had no idea about HR. I had no idea about California state laws, but I got really good at it. And you have to be smarter than the employees because way too many people tried to take advantage of you, me. Um, at the end of the day, employees, you know, they're not going to really care about your business as much as you do. And if there's anything that I recommend each of you do is, you know, spend some time researching and learning HR laws and rules. So you're a lot smarter than them. And that's what I did. Also going forward, I now hire and build my team off what people are really good at. 
So focusing on people's strengths and having them only do those tasks is my new motto. With my last company, I wasn't able to really do that. If I hired an admin, they were kind of wearing 20 different hats. What I've learned is that that is actually not the best model for success. Now I have a team where I have some people that just help me just with podcast, um, just maybe even with podcast editing, just maybe with the podcast growth, just with the podcast writing. And I hire different people just to do things that they really love to do. Um, I have an amazing assistant, Katie, now. And she even will tell me when she doesn't want to do something. And I honor and respect her for that because I don't want anyone doing things that they don't really want to do. And my team has been amazing over the last year, year and a half. And making that change, and if there is a way that in your business you can, you can hire and build your team with people's all they do is what they love every day, it's fun. It's amazing. <laughs> You're listening to Michelle Weinstein on the Cash Flow Ninja Podcast. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for high yield returns from multifamily apartments, ATM machines, and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Asset Investor offers, such as their multifamily, ATM, and self-storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash Real Asset Investor. You're listening to Michelle Weinstein on the Cashflow Ninja podcast, and now back to our interview. Exactly. And it's supposed to be because that's why you went down this path too, right? And right. Yeah, there's going to be challenges, but you do have to love what you do. And you make a couple of really good points again. I just want to touch back on the, the raising of capital again, because uh-huh. this is this is something that I just see a lot of out there. You know, yeah. everybody has an idea and wants to jump on uh, raising capital and getting money. And one of the things that I also saw Damon John talk about, which makes a very, very good point too, is when sometimes when people raise money too early, yeah. they, give a, they give away a portion of their company, right? And now the company is, 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 is trying to expand and scale while you need credit or capital to expand and scale their company. And right. now they go out to raise company again. Now, who's going to give up their equity? not the initial guys that invested with you. You're going to have to give away some of your equity. So eventually the entrepreneur ends up with a smaller portion than all of the investors uh, of their own company. So they kind of lose um, their purpose in in, in that sense because now you're just working for someone else again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A lot of times you can get stuck in that rut where now you've just basically created a job for yourself again. 
And I mean, it's sort of what happened to me that actually did happen to me. I probably gave away a little too much of the company when I first raised the first round of funding and then you needed more. And we were pretty early too. And with, with a company like Fitzy Foods, I mean, you have to think I was not a service-based business. I was a product-based business dealing with food, food manufacturing, perishability, um, you know, food waste, high cost of goods, uh, you know, didn't really plan for the marketing budgets that we really needed. And then when all of the competitors came into the space, like Plated and Blue Apron at the time, I mean, these guys were raising $20, $30 million in total of like three rounds of financing. And they were giving away like free food on Facebook ads. It's very hard to compete and keep up if you don't have the money to really do that. So when I went out to go raise another round of funding, that's where it became really tough. And not only for me, but there was the company, The Fresh Diet, Freshology, even MyFit Foods at the time. I mean, some of the big competitors of mine all were struggling with the same problem. And, you know, VCs, uh, they, they invest in new concepts and new ideas. And unfortunately, we were like five years old school at this point. <laughs> right. right. So, it became very, very crowded very quickly. It did. It became crowded very quickly and timing is everything and having enough funding is everything. And if you give away a little too much in the beginning and you try to go raise more money, the investors actually see that. They see, well, hmm, this entrepreneur is going to be a minority owner right now. And, you know, investors get a little scared on that. They they think that maybe you won't be as motivated anymore. So you do have to be careful as to how much money you will be giving away. Uh, just as a side note, one of the things that I do see out in the marketplace too, that everybody's coming up with a concept uh, kind of around this business model is this, you know, socks of the month, you know, people sh shipping you a yeah. box every month. Yeah. So when you said a crowded marketplace, it's it's looking like that's becoming very, very crowded. I just see the books. Everybody's got some sort of an angle now on books that they ship out on a monthly basis as well. Yeah, or not even books, but um, I actually purchased a service because I don't have tons of time to read and they give you like the Cliff Notes version of books on audio. So it's pretty cool. There but you yeah, go. no, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, timing is everything. <laughs> I mean, I even in real estate, like in my back in the day career, I mean, I've purchased houses at the wrong time. It's like you just never know. But there are ways that you can avoid it on the employee side and on the investor side if you do a few of the things I shared because I did not do that and I wish I would have. And if you listen to the interviews, if you are looking for investors, the one with John Carter is really good. The one with Justin from Justin's Peanut Butter, he also talks about the challenges he had raising money and having a really good advisory board. So he's got some really good golden nuggets on having an advisory board because I didn't have one of those either. Um, so those are the two off the top of my head that are really great um, on Success Unfiltered. Fantastic. Well, let's talk about the sales and the system that you've created because you cannot, um, I guess, live on this planet or will be <laughs> ever to get anything that you want in life if you cannot negotiate and persuade uh, and position yourself. Um, right. And uh, I think this is a skill that's really, really undervalued. Uh, and it's it very, very powerful. And, um, you know, it's one of the skills that it's a high income skill set, you know, marketing and sales 
regardless of the robots that are coming, you're going to need to persuade, <laughs> you're going to need to uh, uh, position your company or your product, and you're going to have to find those ideal clients or customers. You've developed um, a, a very, very unique system, the Pitch Queen system, because you are pitching. So I think this would be very <laughs> valuable for... Okay. Uh, investors um, trying to raise capital uh, for their real estate deals, for businesses, for entrepreneurs. Um, yeah. Can you share a little bit more about the system and um, yeah, uh, uh, how this uh, provides value for folks out there? Yeah, I, I will. And I'll give you like the, the readers or the Cliff Notes version today. But if you want to get real deep in my five-step system, it's the pitch queen system, really how to take the stress out of selling for good and not only help you build your confidence with your sales conversations, but really how do you build and grow relationships with ease? So if it's totally free, you can get it at sellwithoutsleaze.com, but I'll go over the highlights. So if you can just remember the word pitch, P-I-T-C-H, P being problem solve and the number one thing that we're doing if you're raising money is you're helping, obviously, your company's probably solving a massive problem and you're going to be communicating that to investors. But if you're just on the service side and you're an entrepreneur and you have your business, ultimately your clients are coming to you with a problem and your business is solving that problem. So you really want to get to the root cause of your client's problem. And I go into detail uh, on that, again, sellwithoutsleaze.com. Uh, hopefully you can remember it uh, because we do it in a way that is not sleazy and not pushy. So P is problem solve. I, um, for the PI, is it's really not about you. If you're raising money, the money being raised has nothing to do with you. You have to keep in mind your investors. What's in it for them? Why would they want to write you a check for a million or $10 million? Or if you're selling your service, what's important to your clients? Not only is it about solving their problems, but really it's about them. It's about you serving them, you know, helping them get through a challenging time and how you are the right person to work with them. So I would say that this is one of the hugest mistakes that I see entrepreneurs make is they think it's all about them because you're stressed out, you have to pay rent, you've got your bills to pay. It actually has nothing to do with that. So. That is the I. Um, T, or the T, uh, in pitch is talking less. I would say way too many entrepreneurs, especially when it comes to selling your products, you guys, everyone talks way too much. If you could just flip it around, I don't know if anyone here has read the 80-20 principle, but it's a really great book. Um, you want to be listening 80% of the time and only talking 20% of the time. If you can just do this one thing and think about, wow, I'm talking too much, this could really change the game. You can do that by asking more open-ended questions to your clients and prospects or even your investors if you're looking to raise money. Ask your investors what's important to them. Why would they want to get involved with you and your company? What questions you know, can you ask them that's related to maybe their personal interests, personal life? But really asking open-ended questions will allow your prospects or potential investors, the ability to talk. And when people get to talk, they feel heard. So that's the T. And then the C is listening to buying cues. C is for cues. And there's different ways that people will show you that they're either, you know, hey, I'm interested in investing or, hey, I'm interested in 
signing up for your service or, you know, product or buying your product like we were with the vitamin shop. So again, listening for those cues and in my pitch queen system, I go into detail on there's verbal buying cues, there's nonverbal buying cues. So I teach you a lot about that because I think a lot of people miss that because they're talking too much, (laughs) right? So it's like a catch 22. So I really think that if you can learn how to listen for these different cues that will make your selling process, like you don't even need to sell. And then um, H is hit the ask button. I cannot tell you, I specifically work with a lot of accountants and they're, you know, working with clients all the time. And one of the biggest mistakes that I have seen is that they actually don't ask the client to get started. They don't ask the clients to start working with them. Or if you're raising money, you actually don't ask the investor, okay, so are you ready to make that investment of the million dollars? We'd love to get it, you know, processed and get your um, shares issued to you next Monday. Like we actually have to ask. Um, So I call the H the hit the ask button. So that's the overview of the Pitch Queen system. Again, it's really high level, but in um, the five days that you would get the emails, there's worksheets and there's other things to help you kind of dive deeper into each of those sections. A very, very powerful skill that if you're working with a true professional, there's nothing yeah. sleazy or pushing about it. You won't. It's all about the value that you will get from that person. Correct. Too. So, um, absolutely. And that's the value that you provide. But in order to do that, you really need to kind of dig deep. You know. Ex- Exactly. And I love that you mentioned the 80-20 sales and marketing book. I just had uh, Perry on the show as well. So uh, also a fantastic read. Now, um, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them mm-hmm. to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? I would say the first thing is, you know, what's your, what's your why and what do you do every day? Like, what's it for? What's the legacy you're going to leave behind? And it's something I looked in really deep uh, about a year ago, which is why I created Success Unfiltered in the podcast, because I said, you know what? This content and this help of all of the mistakes I've made plus everybody else's, this will help people ongoing. This is the legacy that I get to leave behind. And every day or every time I do an interview like I am here or I am, you know, on my platform, it's something that can make an impact and a difference in your life and make it a little bit better. So that is something that I think pays it forward time and time again. And I always say, as long as I can just make sure Libsyn has about a million dollars in payment or however many millions of dollars, then my podcast will be heard forever for whoever finds it. So that would be um, one of them. Did you want three? Uh, Yes. Okay. Um, You know, I would say if it's, you know, give as much as you can give. Um, I'm a pretty big giver. It doesn't have to be financially. It could be in the form of helping people in areas that you really excel at. Uh, like one of my really good friends, uh, Monique Marvez, she's a comedian. She's totally right brain and I'm completely left. And there's a lot of things that I've been able to give and help her that I know have helped her out massively. Um, and I think each of us has that gift with inside of us. It's just we don't utilize it. 
And we talk about it as giving currency and currency, not as a form of money, but as a form of time. And that each of us wakes up every single day with 24 hours to give, right? You, or to use, and you get to use it however you want. But what if one hour out of every day or every week, you could actually use that currency to help someone else? So with her, I've helped her set up like um, in the United States, we have this thing, global entry. So when you travel, you can come back in the country really easily and not have to sit in line or stand in line at customs. So I set that up for her. Or driving around California, it's really a lot of traffic, but you can get a toll pass. And, you know, with her busy lifestyle, she would have never set any of that stuff up. But for me, it's really easy. So I help her with her invoicing and just other things and expect nothing in return. So I think it's really about giving and expecting nothing back and what makes you really happy by doing those um, activities. So I have two things. I can't think of a third right now. <laughs> Not a problem at all. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and uh, providing so much value for my listeners. Michelle, where can my listeners reach out to you? Where can they follow you? And where can they stay informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? Um, well, the best way is if you do get the Pitch Queen system, you can go to sellwithoutsleaze.com, enter your best email, and then you'll get my weekly updates as well with each podcast episode. And then if you're on Instagram or Facebook, you can join me over at The Pitch Queen. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you again. Thank you. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the United States. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Learn how to find the best deals by downloading your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Thank you for joining me again on the Cashflow Ninja. Thank you for all your support. You rock. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text cashflowninja to 44222. I'm also posting daily videos on Facebook and YouTube and will live stream weekly starting May 2018. To make sure you don't miss any of the live streams, please like and subscribe to my Facebook and YouTube platforms. I'm also dropping content on Instagram daily. Be sure to follow us on Instagram to get in on the action. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. That's our show for today. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms.
This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.